HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Ketchel Quattle. And this is almost Agave Road Trip. What do you mean almost? Well, it can't be Agave Road Trip until Chava gets in the car. Sure, I get that. But he's always at least a bit late, right? That's why he asked me to fill in. I'm everywhere. All at once. Yeah, that. But we also can't start our Agave Road Trip until we fill the tank. You mean pay the bills? Right. We've got to run the commercials that help us pay for these agave road trips. Wait, people actually pay for you to advertise their products? They do. In fact, here's one now. Jimmy Carbone, Arik Torn, and Danny Mena are obsessed. Obsessed with food and obsessed with alcohol. Now, if you were their doctors, that might concern you. But if you are an enthusiast of the Mexican stew known as pozole or agave spirits like mezcal, tequila, and ricea, then your sole concern should be getting a ticket to Bowl of Zole, the festival that came out of their obsession. Bowl of Zole, the festival of pozole and mezcal, will take place on Saturday, October 23rd, in Brooklyn, there will be 10 pozoles by 10 chefs, including Fanny Gerson, the candy queen. How sweet is that? And there will be more than 50 agave spirits, so you'll definitely want to coat your stomach with all those pozoles. And hey, Chava and I will be there too. What will we be doing? Well, of course, we'll be tasting all the pozoles and destilados with you, but we'll also be live streaming interviews with the chefs and the brands. But you'll also want to look for us at our table, where we'll be offering free samples of the new Cafe Mescalero Coffee Gold. It's a coffee conditioned with Cruz de Fuego Mezcal made by our friends at Dark Matter. So, go get your tickets for Bowl of Zole at bowlofzole.com. That's B-O-W-L-O-F. Yeah, that's the easy part. Then... Z-O-L-E dot com. Yeah. B-O-W-L-O-F-Z-O-L-E dot com. We hope to see you there October 23rd. And if you can't make it, we hope to see you that same day on the Agave Road Trip Facebook page or Instagram page for our live stream interviews. It'll be exciting to see if Chava can channel his inner Harry Carey for the seventh inning Pozole stretch. 
catch you at Bowl of Zole. Get your tickets now at bowlofzole.com. I am Chava Periwa. And this is Agave Road Trip, the award-winning podcast that helps Green Gags bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today is a very special day, Lou. It is very, very special. For the first time in, I will say, about six months, we have the chance to be recording in the same place. We're looking at each other into the eye. I'm standing up. Yeah. Don't have shoes on. And I think this might be a horrible episode because of this. We might realize (laughs) that we work better over Zoom. But what I think is really special is we're in Roy's studio. We are. We're in the man studio. Roy, I want want you to play with this one. Thank you, Roy. Okay, lovely. Which is a really kick-ass place. I really wish we're always recording here instead of my, well, you know. It's haunted by Quetzalcoatl. It is, it is. So you have to have that in consideration. I'm every year. All at once. Yeah. I'm talking about Quetzalcoatl and hunting <laughs> haunted places. Yeah. Uh, I, have, I want to propose a theme for the episode of today. Please, Java. So, uh, so we, we, we as in everybody in the industry of uh, people that makes things that go into your body because you eat them or you drink them, uh, think about terroir. Everybody? So, like, when I have a Twinkie, Hostess has thought about the terroir of where the wheat was harvested from to make that Twinkie. Well, I know you're trying to be very funny, but what I find hilarious is that that actually happens with Coca-Cola. You have your Mexican Coke. Oh, that's true. But that's, is that, okay, but that, okay, so that's interesting. So you're, you're calling that terroir. Well, in, in its most basic, uh, boring expression, I will say that is an extension of this discourse that is connected to terroir, yeah. I don't get it. Okay, so I like the whole reason that we get all excited about, hey, it's Mexican Coke up in Chicago is because the sugar. You got real sugar and we got the corn syrup, which is funny because you got a lot more corn than oh, we I always Okay, so maybe I'm a little bit confused in that one. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I really thought that it, that, that, that it was just because you guys were like synthesizing sugarcane into something a little bit more disgusting. No, no, uh, no, no, no. So it's no, corn no. syrup, it's, what yes. you guys have. I thought you were going to tell me that the different kinds of sugar reflect terroir. Yeah, so it's a sugar issue. Oh, it's the source. I, I didn't know you guys were so, uh, I, I would use the F word because I've been soaring a lot these days. But <laughs> I didn't know you were, you you guys know, were in such a bad place. Something else that, uh, that I learned from, oh, I can't remember which of my friends, maybe Jeff Ernst, I think Jeff Ernst, uh, taught me was that I thought that I couldn't drink Coca-Cola in the U.S. because of gluten, right? The caramel coloring, (laughs) the caramel coloring I was told had gluten in it, but it turns out caramel coloring in the U. This is not what you wanted to talk about. Caramel coloring in the U.S. is actually made from corn, not from wheat. But here in Mexico, because we're in Mexico at Roy's studio. Uh, but here in Mexico, your caramel coloring is actually made from wheat. And so I can't have the Coke from Mexico without feeling bad because of my gluten intolerance. Oh, wait a minute. But I can't. Oh, this is fascinating. But I can have the Coke in the USA because of the you know, caramel coloring corn. I mean, again, like this is all fascinating stuff. And in a way, it's not that far away of where I'm trying to say. Like, A, okay. that, that all... There's bring, a, it back, bring it back home. You know, there's a huge opacity on all of this. And we all, unless we study it, we're not super informed about, and I don't really care, care about Coca-Cola. But what I think that is interesting too, it's, you know, a lot of the times we talk about a certain region 
having specific characteristics. No, that's a whole concept sure. of Terra. Yeah. There's a certain place in the planet that has a certain type of earth and a microclimate. And this thing that is growing there reacts to this hot soup of factors and creates a flavor or a texture or a color that it's nowhere to be seen with the exact same characteristics. It's it's very unique to a specific place. Endemic, I believe it's the... Well, it's, endemic, no, that's a different thing. It's, very, different it's, thing. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's very uh, specific to connect, specifically connected to a place. But, uh, and we usually talk about this in the, in the world of food, right? Mm-hmm. What I found fascinating the other day, it's uh, I was talking with this woman who has a project, Maria Violante, uh, about traditional medicine, Mexican traditional medicine specifically. specifically. <laughs> hey, God, are we going to talk about the terroir of medicine? I dig that. Well, well that, that, that's, I got I to gotta tell you, our vaccines, they taste oh, so much on, better than on. your vaccines. Come on, come on. That's not what I'm trying to say. Well, she was telling me something that I had never thought about. And she, she does uh, traditional medicine, but then she also... It's very interested in perfume and the different smells that you can get from different plants. And something that she was explaining to me that had never crossed my mind is that something as basic as lavender mm-hmm. can change depending where you are. So we have a quote from her. Uh, let's throw her in and then I want to elaborate on it. We believe in the importance of soil health. This is reflected in the plants we work with. These plants are adapted to our country's land with its unique microorganisms and compounds. The essential oil's composition is complex and extremely powerful at a therapeutic level. This is directly related to the health of the soil. For example, there are many different types of lavender and the conditions of the soil are different in each place. So, When we think that the essence and properties of lavender should be the same around the world, we are mistaken because each plant and its soil is unique. God, you know, I like... (sighs) Okay, you said you had issues with this, so go ahead, Lou. Yeah, Yeah, Express yourself. Well, so issues might be the wrong word. Issues might be the wrong word. So as I'm listening to that quote... The first thing that stuck out for me was that she said there are different kinds of lavender, which makes me think, okay, well, then is this sort of like saying that, uh, I don't know, angustifolio, that like that's going to taste different from one community to the next, Um, not because of the soil, not because of the water, but because literally it's a, it becomes a different kind of angustifolia. No, that's not what she's saying. She's saying the same species of lavender can adapt in different ways. I think it's more clear with uh, with grapes. I, oh, but I so, get that, but, but isn't that also what we say about agave? No, no, no. I lo- well, sometimes we say that, but a few <laughs> times. But usually, if we're talking about angustifolia, don to make bacanota, for example, yeah. we're talking about another subspecies of angustifolia, and that's sort of that's easier to understand because it's again, it's like saying the difference between shira and neviolo. What it's more interesting here, it's take that same angustifolia, that same subspecies in a different soil, in a different context, is going to have a different reaction. And to the point where also the way it chemically interacts with you, and I think that's a very fine point that she says, Mm -hmm. that for me is probably the most interesting part, is even the way that it chemically reacts to you, the properties that it has, uh, they're different. It's not only the flavor, but it's also, let's say, the, the chemic bomb that it represents. Huh. 
Okay, but um, she also talked about soil health. So if the soil is healthy in both of these two different regions growing the same variety, then there's still the differences in the end lavender? Yes. Yes, that's the other part that is interesting. And I think the the more in-depth explanation that I've heard about this is in grapes again. Uh, for example, in Mexico specifically, uh, the few people that I trust in the fermented grape world have told me that the two subspecies that have for their palate are more complex or to sort of have uh, adapted better to the conditions of Mexico are Nebbiolo and Tempranillo. And you take the same subspecies in other healthy soils in South Africa, for example, or in, I don't know, Italy, and they taste significantly different. Okay, so why does a Gringex bartender care about this? Well, I think it helps to further tell the story of diversity. And this might be a very personal agenda of mine, but I think Mezcal's value is directly or proportionally connected to its uh, mission of enhancing diversity in this country. I think that one thing that makes it, I mean, at least for me, tremendously interesting and why I care more about agave spirits than other categories is that it's such a I'm using the word bomb a lot today. It's such a bomb of diversity. And sometimes it's hard to explain that to people. You know, like we were having this conversation the other day. How different, like how can we explain to people that a producer in Michoacán is so different to a producer in Durango? And I think there's various ways to tell every story. Mm-hmm. And it depends who's listening. It depends how you're feeling about that part of the story. But, but in essence, you're saying one of the ways is Cupriata. Cupriata, yes. right? To make this more concrete yes. for Gringex bartenders, I think maybe what we're talking about then is flights. Like this becomes a way to define flights within your bar or your restaurant. And so, yes. flights, flights of agave spirits. I'm talking about healthy soil. We've, I mean, we were traveling for the last four days, uh, ripping each other's head off, uh, <laughs> talking about what is a responsible way of cultivating agave. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. one of the big points that we were doing is, okay, when do you cross the line? Where is a certain way of cultivating agave offensive to the soil where it gets to live? Right. And you're, pardon the pun, but you're getting into the weeds now. No, no, no. So, well, well, hang well, on like, a second. So, so I, but, but to get, to bring it back to, no, yeah, to yeah. right to the gringo bartender, I mean, you're saying that the flight is about healthy soil. And I think, I think that's, interesting to the Gringex bartender, but I don't think the Gringex bartender is going to start talking about soil types in, in Chalapa Guerrero, right? Like, I think the, 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 the bartender is going to talk about, here's a cupriata that comes from Guerrero. Here's a cupriata that comes from, uh, from Oaxaca. Here's a cupriata that comes from Durango. Yeah, Do I they mean, have Cupriata in Durango? I don't think so. Uh, no, no. no. Uh, so Michoacan. Yeah, or, or yes, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Or yeah. different parts of Guerrero, no, you know, Chilapa from other areas. Sure, okay, so different regions with it, but then, yeah, okay. Okay, so so once you do that, which I think it's uh, it's still fascinating, and, and I, I think it really blows everybody's mind, I think the next level to do, that, the next level up of, up of complexity is that. This is, and we do that all the time. Everybody talks about farm agave versus wild agave. Sure, and in a way, what we what we really care about that it's not the wildness of the agave; it's that it's in the soil, that it's healthier, it's more complex, it's richer. 
than the one that it's being farmed. I, I think that's the premise, no? Or am I wrong? Oh, is it? I think that's the premise. Oh, I've always thought of it differently, that the uh, the agave that's being farmed has been tended to and somebody's made sure it's not been attacked by the wrong things. And therefore, uh, it's an agave that's sort of pampered. I mean, you know, eight years in the soil, it's relative pampering, but pampered compared to the wild agave. And as a result, it takes longer to reach maturity in the wild than it does being farmed. And as a res- like, I've always thought of it as a result of that, meaning that, you know, when we talk about the agave isn't just sugar, it's all these other chemical elements. I kind of feel like that farmed agave is lazier and it doesn't have all those defenses that that present themselves as an aromas and flavors uh, in the end product in the same way that they would for a wild agave. I don't, I don't think that's how stuff works necessarily, Lou. Like it's, it's uh, like... You don't think so. So what you're saying is there's a chance. Well, what, 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 what I'm saying is... Uh, in in my personal experience in agriculture, yeah, you know, like the, the 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 there's there's a reason why we like organic. There's a reason why we like all these things that have better soils because they're able to get better nutrients, better information, cleaner water, cleaner everything into their systems, and therefore that gets communicated to us. I think one of the biggest problems with with farm agave, or at least how I like to think about it, is fertilizers and all these. Like if, if you're in a farm, and we saw this all over the, the highway during this trip, right? <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, a, a lot of the, that was going through tequila. Well, and Michoacan. And, but oh, you know, when you have farm agaves, we saw a lot of corn plantations at the side that had these symbols of the fertilizers that they're using uh, on them. So all of that flies, even if the agave doesn't need a lot sure, of the fertilizer. Sure, over. Yeah. Yeah. So I always thought more of almost the difference of drinking tap water to drinking water from a, from a, from a spring when I thought about farm agaves and wild agaves. And that's why this quote from Maria, who makes this amazing brand called Remedios del Bosque, have it. It's great. <laughs> Put it on the webpage. <laughs> For your skin. Uh, like, that's what I really think when, uh, like, that, that's what touches me of her, of, her, uh, of her quote. And what she's saying, too, is that it's not a clean, boring smell of lavender. It's different. Yeah. Okay. I, like I, I'm bored by the lavender, but like Why? I, how? <laughs> but but I want to get back to this concept because I don't want I don't want people walking away from this episode thinking, well, if it's a farmed agave, they've used all of these chemicals and oh, all no, of this no, fertilizer, no, 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 no. right? Yeah. Like so, there's there's fertilizer and there's fertilizer. Like you think and, about and Lalo because you know it's an episode, so I have to say Lalo's name. You think about Lalo who literally now has his own cattle so that he creates his own fertilizer right and he doesn't use pesticides yes of course there's as in anything there's various ways of farming something right and there's organic there's industrial right there's intensive, and, there's and chemicals. if you're farming it means that like you're probably going to seed locally and that you're going to have multiple generations of the same plant seed after seed after seed so i like it feels to me like those farm agave versus the ones in the wild where you know the seeds are always in the wild like it feels to me like those plants are going to continue developing their defense mechanisms and the one on the farms like oh no lalo's got me covered he's got some some cow crap he can put on me i'm good to go I like it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me that I mean, in essence, a lot of times we talk about ca- the difference of Capon yeah. because of that, yeah. because he was traumatized. Yeah. They caught the Quixote yeah. and something happens. Uh, some people say it's because it concentrates the sugars or not. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. It just uh Is this another episode where we have no conclusion? I I think it's a, there's an easy conclusion. A better soil gives a more complex agave. Yeah, but what's a better soil? Let's let, let's start to get to the to the wits of that. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, Java, I'll catch you next episode. Adios. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.